once again, um, and it's uh, another Wednesday night fight back. And uh, it's a bit of a strange one this week because I want to talk about story, uh, about the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that our political parties try and tell us, and of course, the link that that has to optimism, hope, and actually basically practical politics. This is a really interesting topic, uh, uh, Michael. You, you're distinguishing, I think, between story, which is vision and knowing where you want to get to as a, as a society, and just mere narrative, which is the day-to-day uh, comms and things we've talked about before. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I view narrative as being um, stories, evil little brother who won't shut up. Mm. Um, mm. And it doesn't really matter what the narrative is, because narrative is not embedded in anything greater. Mm. So if you change the narrative, it doesn't matter. It simply doesn't mm. matter because it's not connected to anything. And uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a superficiality, isn't there, in politics, uh, a sort of shallowness which people detect. And there's a lot of demoralization. Obviously, we have to be honest, there's a lot of demoralization in the West anyway. Uh, and the very deep roots, uh, cultural reasons for that, probably the loss of our principal belief system, Christianity. Uh, there isn't any going back from that. I think we have to find some other uh, way of believing in the future. Well, but, we've yeah, tried policy- so many ways, haven't we? I mean, we, you know, we, you know, Christianity died, so we got Marx and Freud, and that that was no good. Mm. We got modernity, which brought us fascism. Mm. Uh, we then got, got the fight against communism. I mean, you know, we've got all these things, and finally, you know, what's our latest belief system? Globalization well, and technology, and that's well, kind of not well, working out too well. Yeah, or materialism and cheap trinketry uh, yeah. stuff. You know, the houses. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. I mean, I think we the SDP's type of politics is, I think, has much stronger foundations because it is based on family. If I, uh, where you live, you know, the place you, your neighbourhood, where you live. If I, if people, if I ask people, you know, um, about meaning, no one, no parent or no one that's embedded in the community has difficulty in explaining what it is. It's, it's those you love. Uh, it's more, far more powerful force. Than I think any other force in the world, probably, and and the so yeah, I think we. But the, get back to the politics. We I gave a speech the other day, a couple of weeks ago in London, and uh, and did a long Q and A. Uh, and the the person that invited me, it was a, an organization, quite a well known organization, uh, said it's lovely to have a conviction politician here. <laughs> and it's funny, I've never really imagined myself as as that, but I you know. Compared to other people that have turned up, he said, you, you know, you actually had an idea of what you wanted. And I do feel very, very strongly about what we promote, what we desire. Uh, and, you know, I'm not changing. If you don't, I've always said, if you don't like it, find another alternative. So, you know, we, you know, that's, that is quite old fashioned in some respects compared to the sort of comms based frenzy that we have from, from people like Starmer. I mean, Starmer, as I say, we, 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 he's, he's the focus of it at the moment because he chops and changes all the time. And it can, I mean, there can be many reasons for that, but primarily, probably, the main reason he's done what he wants. I mean, he hasn't thought yeah. about it. Um, well, I think, think diagnosis is... I think yeah. that goes to the whole party, doesn't it? I mean, you know, they constantly mm. hark back to the 1950s, to the Attlee government. Mm. And there's a reason for that, because Attlee mm. actually had a vision of what he wanted. Now, you may not agree with it, or you, or you may agree, agree with it, but at least they had a genuine story, and they were prepared mm. to go and act on that story. Mm. Uh, they don't have that now. Uh, they just no. they just rely on not being the Tories. As I say, I think the biggest problem is that people, the political class isn't thinking very hard about diagnosing what the problems are. And if you don't diagnose it, 
you can't possibly have a program if you don't have a program that you will put forward with with passion you're not offering anything to the public you just uh, you're just doing marketing effectively another thing is very important is actually that a leader that is prepared to stick to a position you know um you know and actually have the conviction of doing it you get the impression that it's again i blame the comms culture i think that's the the death knell of any ser serious uh, political activity in SW1, where I'm speaking from, it just comes. I mean, they just they're just brought up on this. Yeah. Uh, so it's what what it's very very short term. We're not thinking about serious problems. And also another thing is that they're not very honest with the public. I mean, the SDP is prepared to say that adapting away from our twin, the major addictions that the uh, the country has, which is. Uh, you know, massive over-reliance on uh, imported labour, you know, mass immigration, and debt. And those are the two addictions. Now, again, the political class is not prepared to be honest with the public about the fact that we've got to get off those, move away from those two things, and there will be some adjustment and there will be a degree of pain, but it would be better in the long run if we did so. Um, and I, I, Michael, this is the thing about seriousness and actually the ability to properly understand what's going on. So the New Statesman, uh, which is the, the left's, you know, prime uh, national magazine uh, had a piece uh, on uh, on its front page about housing this week. Yeah, I, I saw it. I, yes, I saw it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and I scrolled on it on the train uh, just as if I was a schoolmaster. It really ought to have been in red pen. But, <laughs> anyway, I scrolled on it, and um, they, they they didn't mention state capacity in house building. They just didn't see that that was important. I mean, there's lots of ideas, and they they were they deserve credit for mentioning mass immigration as a a causal uh, factor in the pressure of the housing crisis, but they didn't, they just, even that magazine couldn't bring itself to understand what is going to be required that, you know, uh, yeah. and, and it's, it's, if, if that's what they're thinking, then I think we're in trouble, you know. Well, I, yes, I mean, know, the, the, the chances of Mr. Starmer dealing with the housing crisis, nil, absolutely nil, nil obviously, nil, because, nil, nil. you know, why, why would you expect him to do anything that would disrupt? Yeah. Well, he can't, but the, the problem with start, I mean, I've mentioned this before on housing a few times, he can't, I mean, the, the, the right, you know, the, well, it's not really, I don't know what it is, the Tories, actually, there's some sort of Liberal Party, but the, the you know, they, they, they're, they're, they say they want uh, the private sector to increase house building, uh, but they, they're, they're in favour of mass immigration, uh, and they, yeah. so that'll, that'll stop it. So that probably the worst combination is, is the Tories and then Labour on this is so keen on mass immigration that it won't whatever it does on the at the tiny scale on housing won't be effective. So the 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 winning numbers is to have a look at uh, a mass immigration pause and get the state back involved, and that's that's the that will do the heavy lifting. It's if yeah. you, if you, if you and know, it, if if you yeah. did that, it, it would have a I think an almost revolutionary effect on people because it would realise that you can get things done, you can solve mm. problems, and this is. Actually, I want to end on this because it's <laughs> there's a guy called David Deutsch, mm. and he's written various books, um, and it's about optimism and about the future. Mm. And his basic mm. point is this: there will always be problems. Mankind mm. will always face problems, mm. but if we use our intelligence and are open-minded and determined, we will beat all problems. So far, we have beaten all the problems that nature and history can throw at us, all of them. You know, yeah. we have survived. And there is no reason at all why we shouldn't muster that optimism, muster that determination, yeah. and crucially keep our minds open to deal and solve the problems that we have here in Britain. 
I totally agree. And I think on housing, you know, we have a policy. We know what we want to do and we have the will to do it. And basically those are the two uh, conditions to solving the problem. I'm very optimistic. If you can, if you, if you, know, if you have those two things, you can solve it, no doubt. Well, um, something always beats nothing. And so with luck, William, one day we will see you striding up Downing Street in, 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 <laughs> in the number 10 this. and we can yeah. get some damn things done. Great. Thank you very much, Michael. Kind. All right. See you.